up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman, whoever you are, wherever you are listening from. Thank you so much for checking out the Bagcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate your continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener of the show, man, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at March4thPod, on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman. The host site is March4th.podbean.com. The link tree with all my stuff can be found in the podcast description for this episode. Y'all made it here, so you found me somehow. And I truly appreciate each and every one of you for checking out another edition of the March 4th with Mike Bauman podcast. I, uh, man, it's crazy. I'm trying to find the right words here because uh, I'm a little reflective. I'm a little sentimental because as of this episode releasing, it will be the last episode of 2022 for March 4th with Mike Bauman. And don't get it twisted. It's not the last episode of the podcast. We are far from over over here. Um, but yeah, man, I'm in a reflective mood. Um, 2022 has been a year of, of growth for me on a personal level. It was a lot better than 2021. Um went through heartbreak, went through through loss with, with people around me dying, uh, which I've mentioned numerous times on this podcast, but for those of you who are new, like it was it was tough, man. And that's life. You know, we, we all go through ups and downs and, you know, things happen. Good things happen, bad things happen and, and what I've learned in, in my nearly thirty five years in this planet is you just gotta ride the waves the best that you can and and be ready for the storms when they come. And, and know that uh, there's going to be good times and there's going to be bad times. And to stay uh, as level-headed and as, as calm as you can is the most important thing, right? Because when you act out of emotion or you act out of anger, right, or you get you get too full of yourself, you know, you get a little cocky, you get, you get overconfident, those, those are the times you get caught slipping, man. So for me, 2022 has been a really positive year. The show has grown. Uh, I've made some new connections. I've I've had a chance to connect with a lot of great people on this podcast and the the love and the support from people and especially when I when I look at the statistics and it's not all about numbers, it's about how how it makes me feel internally when I do these shows because persevering and moving forward is something that I'm doing in my life and to get the opportunity to have a podcast about persevering and moving forward it's really a beautiful thing, and, and it's it's truly something that I do because I truly love to do it. But having said that, to look at the statistics and to see over the last, you know, close to three years now, it's crazy that the pandemic when it started was almost three years ago, but to see how things have grown and progressed since I started this more consistently back in March of 2020, um, a year after I rebranded the podcast in 2019 to see the growth and the development of the show. It's, um, it's been really cool, man. It's been really cool. I love doing this, so I'm going to keep doing it, but to see people listening, to see people subscribing, to know that there are people out there who believe in the show. Um, it, it really, really means the world to me, man. And I, I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you genuinely man for for listening to the podcast even if you're a first time listener welcome aboard um if you're not aware of the pirate ship the pirate ship nod that I do at the beginning of every show um is is me paying homage to one of my favorite movies of all time the goonies that was a line at the end of the movie 
they were all the way out in coastal Oregon, and somehow they had like a, a, a southern reporter from the deep south that appears to be some sort of pirate ship. Um, and then another addition is me paying tribute to one of the funniest people to ever live, Chris Farley. Um, as of recording this podcast, the intro and close to this podcast this weekend, in fact, I think it might be today, is the 25th anniversary of his death. And my childhood heroes, man, were Chris Farley and Michael Jordan. Um, I wanted to be as good as Michael Jordan at basketball. Um, I'm laughing as I say that (laughs) because that didn't happen. Um, I don't think there's anybody as dedicated or as talented at basketball as MJ, and I don't know that there ever will be ever again. We've seen a lot of great players. I digress. But Michael Jordan was one of my childhood heroes, and Chris Farley was my other childhood hero. Um, as far as people outside of my personal circle, because obviously I have, you know, people I, I love and respect and look up to in my life, you know, um, from my parents to my friends to, to people I've, I've met over the years. But Chris Farley was hilarious, man. He was, he was absolutely hysterical. Tommy Boy is another one of my favorite movies of all time. So when I say another addition in the beginning, specifically there was a sketch on Saturday Night Live called Swirsky's Superfans. And it was these guys from Chicago who were huge fans of the Chicago Bears and Chicago in general. They actually had a skit when Michael Jordan hosted, and they were talking about the Bulls. Um, We're not talking a repeat, a three-peat, or even a four-peat. We're talking a minimum eight-peat. And the funny thing about that sketch was... The Bulls won six championships in eight years. So had the only the only two that they didn't win in that eight year span were the two that Jordan was away from the game. He retired in ninety three um, the first time, missed the ninety three ninety four season, then came back towards the very end of the the ninety four ninety five season. I digress, but so some of those little Easter eggs for you guys. But um, but yeah, I, I actually just listened to one of my favorite podcasts that's, that's come out recently is fly on the wall with with David Spade and Dana Carvey. Um, I love those dudes. They were obviously on SNL. I grew up watching that that early '90s cast with all those those guys was was phenomenal. And um, they were part of my childhood, man. And they actually just did a really cool tribute to Chris Farley. Did a two parter with stories from from people that they've known um, over the years who who also knew Chris. And it was just a really cool tribute to him. But uh, rest in peace, Chris. I don't know if you're hearing this from the great beyond, but uh, I love you, man. You inspired me. Your your comedy, your kindness, uh, your devotion to your craft, and just uh, wanting to to just bring joy to people is is really inspiring. But uh, but yeah, y'all. Um, I won't rant too much more here in the beginning, other than to say once again, thank you so much to everybody who listens. I really mean it. I was raised not to be short of my thank yous, and I'm just. In a really grateful mood. At the time you guys will hear this, it'll be December 27th. So for those of you who celebrate Christmas, I hope you had a very Merry Christmas and got a chance to spend time with your loved ones, be they friends, family, a combination of both. Um, and I really hope that everybody has a lot they're looking forward to in 2023. I know I do. Um, so yeah, man, I'm just uh, I'm just really grateful in this moment for for this show, the people who listen to it, Uh, the people who have inspired me along the way, the people that continue to inspire me uh, on these podcasts with these conversations. And this week's guest definitely has an inspiring story. So uh, yeah, man, I I truly appreciate everybody who checks out the show. Again, if you want to learn more about me, 
if this is your first time on here, you can go to that podcast description and click the link. And there's a link to my site that's going to have, you know, a biography section about me and, and previous work that I've done and et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, man, I hope that everybody has a great close to, to 2022. I hope that you've had the kind of growth this year that I've had. And if not, whether this was a mostly positive or mostly negative year for you, um, again, man, just not to sound cheesy, but just, just ride those waves. You know what I mean? Because eventually the storms are going to settle. You'll be in calmer waters and um, things will get better, man. They they definitely get better. That I can assure you as somebody who had a really difficult year and a half, man, um, they they do get better. And, you know, life has a way of, of, and the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, has a way of, you know, bringing the people and the things into your life when you need them and removing people and things in your life when you need them, even if it's very painful. Um, we all have chapters. Everybody's life is a story. And, um, you know, things keep moving, man. Things keep moving. So, yeah, man, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I mentioned just a few minutes ago about inspiring conversations. That's what I try to provide here on this podcast. I can't wait for 2023, but... I really am excited to bring you guys this episode. I couldn't think of a better guest to close out 2022 with on March 4th with Mike Bauman. This week's guest is none other than Scott Mick, guitarist of Hollywood Nightmare. Um, this dude, I, I mean, there's so much I could say, and I've already ranted for almost 10 minutes, and I don't want to give <laughs> too much away here in the intro for this conversation, other than to say I think this dude is a great representation of the American dream and chasing your dreams in general, not even just to make it about the United States. But um, as you guys will hear in this conversation, he's a very talented guitarist, uh, very, very musically inclined, not originally from the United States, came over here, learned our language, eventually met the guys he ended up uh, performing in Hollywood Nightmare with, and they're making a lot of noise, man. Um, these guys are obviously based in California. Um, they first came on the scene a few years back. Their record, Scary AF, dropped in 2019. They followed that up with their album, Inferno, which just dropped in September. And if you're a fan of heavy music, if you're a fan of headbanging, if you're a fan of metalcore, metal, just heavy music in general, you will love this record. Some of my favorites off of Inferno are Ash, Supernova, Fire, and the rain the rain had a music video that just came out uh right about a month ago as of recording this um in november it's got around twenty thousand views and it's written and dedicated to madison rain it's got a really heartfelt story it's a very powerful and emotional music video and again i don't want to give anything away here in the intro other than to say it's a, it's a very powerful song it's got a really deep uh meaning behind it and um, I think that Hollywood Nightmare pulled it off beautifully in terms of the music video and the song itself. But, but yeah, these guys, like I said, they're, they're making a lot of noise. They've played shows with the likes of Escape the Fate, Attila, Luke Holland, Jason Richardson. Um, they played the Metal in the Mountains Fest. Um, I mean, these guys have just, they're really on the up and up, man. And as you'll hear from Scott, it's been a journey. You know, there's been ups, there's been downs, just like I mentioned in the beginning of this, like we all have, man. But these guys are really dedicated to their craft and coming out of the pandemic and coming out of 
you know, failed plans because of the pandemic, they have just really become a force. And especially in California, man, the shows that they play and and the noise that they're making. I really think if you're a fan of heavy music, you're going to dig it. And even if you're not a fan of heavy music listening to this and you just like hearing inspiring stories, like I said, Scott's story is incredibly inspiring and uh, it's it's inspiring me honestly from from talking to him just to to think about the stuff that we complain about to think about the stuff that you know gets under our skin and we forget sometimes how how good we've got it you know living in a country like the United States and and um, you know this dude just like I said came here from another place and and has has made a name for himself with Hollywood Nightmare and it's only the beginning for those guys so without further ado I'm going to shove my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with Scott Mick, guitarist of Hollywood Nightmare. Here it is. Alrighty, there we go. Well, Scott, thanks again so much for taking the time, dude. It's uh, great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. You dudes have been busy out there in L.A., man. Uh, not just L.A. You've been touring. You've played different shows. I know you guys play the whiskey a lot, which I want to talk about because that's obviously a very historic venue. Uh, from what I was reading, it's the first live music venue to, to be inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And there's a rich music history there. And you guys have posted some clips from shows there. And it looks like it's pretty wild. So where I usually like to start with people, though, man, is, you know, you play guitar in Hollywood Nightmare. Um, yeah. I checked out some of the videos that you posted on YouTube as well over the years, you know, just, you know, covering other songs. How long have you been playing, man? Um, I would say I've been playing for at least 15 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. 15 years. So what was the inspiration for you, man? What, what, what do you remember like the first song or the first band that you heard were, were your parents musical? How did you, how did you get into picking up the guitar? Well, I was classical trend on piano from the age of five to ten and uh, i absolutely hated that okay so at the age of 11 i told my grandpa that i want to play guitar instead so he got me this acoustic guitar on my birthday and the moment i touched you know literally the moment i smelled the guitar coming out of the bag and plug in the e string and i just the rest is our history that was it. You were hooked. Yeah. So, is your grandpa a musician, man? Um, nobody is a musician in my family. Okay. So then, what were the piano lessons? Then was that was that just part of school, or was that just part of like your parents putting you into like a like an after school activity? Yeah, that's what they did. Okay. So for you, I mean, how how much did playing piano? Do you feel like did that help you with guitar, or is it totally totally different from going from piano to guitar? I mean, obviously they're two different instruments, but do you feel like the years of experience did that help you as far as your musical ear or anything? As of for a musical ear, I didn't really get the feel of that until I started learning electric guitar later on in my life. Um, but what I feel that is very important and that's useful until today is sight reading because um, I know I do sight reading on piano, so it's like pretty easy to transcribe everything onto guitar as well. Yeah, because you hear stuff with 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 some musicians um, that like you know they can do read the tabs and stuff, but there there's like you know 
awesome musicians out there that that can't read like sheet music and stuff. I never learned how to like I can I can look at a guitar tab. I mean, I think everybody knows about, you know, like ultimate guitar and all that stuff, you know, over the years learning music and stuff. But uh, well, that's cool, man. So so what was like the rabbit hole, Scott, for heavy music then? You know, what was there a band? Was there a song like what got you going into the heavy music? Well, the story about me getting into heaviest music is actually kind of funny. Um, I remember when I was 13, I begged my mom to buy me an electric guitar so that I look cooler than, you know, the other nerds from school, you know? Because, like, there's literally no musicians from our school at all, and I was the only one. So I was like, man... I'm 13, it's time for me to upgrade myself. So she bought me an electric guitar and enrolled me into this after class for guitar lessons. And it just happens to have this guy. He recommended me this book as my curriculum. And that's just the metal rhythm guitar thingy. And, you know, the day, the moment that you turn on the distortion on the amp, and start strumming all that palm muting stuff, and that's literally blow my mind. And it gave me goosebumps as I was in the class and listening to a guy talking, and I was like, "Man, I'm gonna do this shit all my life. Why not?" <laughs> that's awesome, man. Well, it's cool that it was pretty instant, and it it seems like that that's the way it is for a lot of musicians. You know, once you once you get that hook, whatever it is. That's that's what it is. So so, what were some of the earliest uh, riffs, or was there a song as you once you got that that hook with that metal distortion? What were some of the bands or some of the songs that you did you, that you started learning? Do you remember the first one? Yeah, the first one is uh, "Somewhere I Belong" by Linkin Park. Oh, that's awesome, man! Yeah, that was like one of the heavier songs that they have in their days, and yeah, like that's how I started. Yeah, there's that cool kind of breakdown part towards the end of the song too, where Chester screams, and yeah, that's that's a fun one, man. Definitely. So, talk to me then about Hollywood Nightmare. I mean, you, you're like you said, you're playing the guitar for what you said, 15 years now. Um, mm-hmm. Your guys's first EP was a Scary AF came out in, in 2019. So, how did the formations of this band start to take shape, man? Well, I was originally now from United States. And uh, I came out for college after I graduated from high school in my country. Okay. Uh, yeah, I came out here in 2015 in Los Angeles and attended a Musicians Institute. And that's where I met most of my bandmates. That I mean, they were from the first lineup, but like the rest of us are still like... You know, like, the current lineup it still has the core members of us. It's kind of funny. Me, the drummer, and the singer, we were the core member of Hollywood Nightmare ever since the beginning of that. But our singer was not a singer at that point. He was a bass player. Oh, okay. And we changed our singer after we released our first EP, Scary AF. And Kyle started taking over on vocals, and that really made a difference with our music and like it's just more preferable for people to listen to so is it you you kyle and luke then you guys have all known each other for like six seven years now since you came to the states um pretty much 
like the this lineup formed to like from together since 2018 and um we debuted with our music video influence for confidence and that was literally the first day that everybody in the band officially made each other oh really yeah so so where is home base scott um i'm from south korea okay so what what was it like coming over here in 2015 man I'm, i mean i'm sure you get asked that a lot but i mean as far as you know learning a new language and and all of that i mean that's and musicians institute i mean that's that's a very prestigious you know school i mean coming to especially la like i always wonder when people from from other countries come to america like i'm sure that's what you see a lot you know in other places right like la new york the big cities like what what was that transition like coming to the states man um it took me a while to get familiarized with all the slangs and language and stuff but like i had the basic study before i came out so i could understand what everybody is talking about but it took me a while to really get into the community and the music scene because uh you know i had to build my own portfolio and uh started writing music and collaborate with other musicians from school and stuff but everything really started taking off since i graduated back in 2018 and that's pretty much what everything the momentum that we got it from you know yeah so so to get into the school i mean especially a place like musicians institute are there videos or things that you have to submit you know whether you're from another another country or not like i, I mean i'm sure it's pretty hard to get in there like what, what's that process like to try to even get into that that institution um you're gonna have to record a video of yourself talking where you're from your background story and what makes you want to do music and why you want to come to musicians institute they want a very specific reason so that they can put you into this specific program and what I did was talking about myself for three minutes with another five minutes of me improvising on guitar and surprisingly they liked it. Was was it electric or acoustic? It was an electric guitar. I had my little session band built up with my classmates and yeah, I just told them to do a chord progression. I just start solo all over that. and. I guess they liked it and they accepted me. So those early days uh, in LA, what what was that like, man? What like was it was it complete culture shock or or was it? To, you mentioned just taking time to get adjusting, you know, making music with other kids at school. But what were those early days in uh, in Los Angeles like compared to South Korea? Um, the first thing that I realized is getting away from my family actually sucked. Like literally nobody is taking care of you. You're all alone by yourself out here. Like, oh, so you came, yeah. you came by yourself? Yes. Okay. And like realizing that is a pretty tough lesson to learn, but it's like very useful for you. Cause like you're out here, it's time for you to write your own life. Yeah. And like, there's so much possibilities out there. I just have to, you know, meet people. Like the more people I meet, the more connection that I'll make. But I met some really shitty people too. Like they're just whack. Oh man, I'm sorry to hear that. But it's fine. 
Like it's a lesson to learn when you adjusting to this environment. You mentioned you 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 knew like what people were saying when they were speaking to you in English. At that time, how much had you worked on your English, or was it was it still kind of a barrier? Like, like did you when you came over here? Did you have roommates? You know, you came over by yourself without your family. Like, but did you have people that could help you as far as the language barrier and, and making that transition too? I mean, I for language barrier, I literally got it through from all the classmates that I deal with from school. And I had a roommate, and he was Japanese, so like we still have to use English as the conversation tool. So like that really helped me a lot to get to where I am today. And how about the teachers, man? Like who who are some of the people that have have been instrumental for you as a guitar player and the music that you're making now? You know, especially if people even hear the progression from Scary AF to Inferno and how you're. And, you know that was really cool for me, just as a fan of the guitar. That's my favorite instrument. Just to see the growth from what you guys put out in twenty nineteen to what you just put out in September. Like, who who are some of the people you want to give a shout out to as far as that people who have really inspired and helped your playing? Um, from Musicians Institute, I was very close to this one teacher. His name is Ken Steiger, and he has this metal. He's in metal guitar department, so like everything about him is just so eighties thrashy, and and he stressed too. So like every time I see him, I would learn something new from this guy, and you know he actually cares about what I write, and he put me on some of his show at school, and which really, which is really wild, you know. For someone being sixty-seven years old, but shredding on guitar, like you don't see that every day. Yeah. You guys still keep in touch? Yeah, I actually saw him not that long ago at Universal Bar, and we got pretty wasted that night. <laughs> Has he had a chance to come out and see Hollywood Nightmare play? Yes. That's awesome, man. That's like the teacher and the. You know the the student. You know the getting to see you on stage. I'm sure that had to be pretty pretty awesome, and and to see him out there in the crowd too. Yeah, and、uh, like for most of the time, I see him. Like I just watch his videos online, and like he, this guy has such great charisma that I want to steal from. Until today, I still try to get it from him. I think that's really cool that that it it breaks down to genre like that. I mean, get, I mean, obviously, just being outside looking in as a fan of music, I think that's really awesome that a musicians institute and maybe it shouldn't surprise me that they actually have a, a metal department. You know, so if you want to focus into that, that's really cool. So going into there, did you already kind of know like, okay, I I, I want to focus on heavy music or、um, like how does that work as far as the curriculum? Are there certain You mentioned being classically trained. Are there are there classical classes you have to take in conjunction with doing like more heavy music? There's different sections for the study, and there's like required class to take.、Uh, for example, you have to take ear training, sight reading, and music theory. And on top of that, you also have to do some audio engineers electives and like graphic design, just like overall. A musician needs to know to survive in this industry. You know, just the basic tools that you need to learn. Yeah, for 
for sure. Yeah, I would imagine the audio engineering is really helpful, especially nowadays. I mean, I think what's cool about nowadays, Scott, is that you can, you know, if you're a musician like yourself, there's a lot of there's a lot of great recording you can do at home, which I'm sure probably came in in handy during during the pandemic, especially, you know, not being able to tour and stuff. But uh, but yeah, it's it's crazy now. It seems like oh, just about every musician, you almost have to be a producer, a marketer, have somebody in the band that can do the marketing stuff merch all of it it's like it's like running a business i mean that's that's pretty much what a band is it's a it's a business you know yeah it's like a collective like everybody have their own specialty to put it on table so as you were you know coming to the states and and this is great man it's it's cool this is why i love doing this learning about people's stories and people from other walks of life um what was what was the heavy music that that you didn't have exposure to that that got you going further down the rabbit hole. You know, you mentioned the thrash metal element, right? Of your teachers playing like what were what were some of the other subgenres that maybe you hadn't heard yet that that just kind of made you it was like Pandora's box and you just wanted to go further and further into it. Gent. Gent? Yes. Like Mashuga and all those things. Okay. That's yeah. that Jen that the word Jen is already fascinating enough for anybody to yeah. comprehend on top of that there's also a teacher from musicians institute specialized on that thing and which is such a blessing for me that's awesome man yeah i feel like it especially in the last like five ten years it's really become more prevalent in heavy music now you know you hear you hear a little bit of it in a lot of new stuff for sure um but yeah bands like mashuga periphery obviously I remember I got, uh, I think it was 2012, I got, I think it was Periphery 2, this time it's personal, and uh, I was just like, oh my gosh, these guys, like, this is so awesome what they're doing, and then I started to get into Animals as Leaders, and Tosin Abasi, I mean, it's just a, a whiz, man, that dude is unbelievable, um, what those guys do, that whole, that whole band, but uh, that's cool, man, that's cool, so Gent, Gent really grabbed you when you came over here. He did. I don't really know how to make that noise on the guitar either, by the way, which probably I probably sound like a noob saying that. But like every time I hear it, I'm like, how are they doing that? You know? uh, it's uh, it's a weird groove. It's like palm muty, but it's like a groove, too. Yeah. You're like you can you see people shredding on higher strings. It's like the same concept, but just on the open string. So do you play six and seven strings, Scott? Yes, I play both. Is is there one you prefer more to the other, or, or is it all fun? Um, six string is more. I'm more familiar with six string since I played. I started with that, and but seven string is cool. I love the lower tuning, and uh, the the lower I get, the better, you know. Yeah, getting that chug. Yeah. Yeah, I like to call it chug therapy. That's that, the the low end is. I really enjoy that. So, for you guys in in Hollywood Nightmare, you mentioned meeting. Uh, was it Kyle and, and Luke? You met at Musicians Institute. Um, it's Kyle and our former singer Marcus. Oh, the former singer. Okay. Yeah. So so that was sort of the genesis of of Hollywood Nightmare. And you mentioned you graduated in was it twenty eighteen? Yes. Okay, and then and then the first EP was 2019. So, so when did you guys decide like, 
okay, we're really going to make this a band and become Hollywood Nightmare? Like, at what point did it kind of transition from school to now we're now we're Hollywood Nightmare? I say it was early spring of 2018 when I found my drummer Luke. Um, actually, Band Mix, such a good website. I also found our bass player on that website as well, and it just took him. A couple more years to get himself out here to Los Angeles. Okay, so he wasn't in LA at first. Um, Luke was in was in LA already, but our bass player he's from South Africa, and it took him a while to get out here. Oh wow, wow! So so on that site, Band Mix, you can find people all over the world. Yes. Wow, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. Well, that's good. Well, I'm sure you get a good pool though to choose from, right? You know, if you're if you're going global like that, you can find find whatever you're looking for. Yeah, and uh, like you can literally filter out like their age, their music preference, the instrument that they play. I'm telling you, man, the internet's a wild thing, dude. It's a wild thing. So, how about the the name Hollywood Nightmare? Because I feel like that is pretty catchy. You know, you can do HN like with the logo. Like, how how did you guys come up with Hollywood Nightmare? What was what was the story behind that? I'm always curious of how bands got their their band name. Well, um, the name has something to do with our inspirations with the music, and we write about what we see in living in Hollywood. Okay. Yeah, and it's a nightmare sometimes. <laughs> I mean, if you don't mind me asking, like for you, I mean, obviously coming over here, not having your family, um, and then you mentioned, you know, having a what was a Japanese roommate. So you guys are you had to you're almost like forced to kind of learn the English language and and, and get that down. In addition to going to school, like, were, what were some of the some of the highs and lows of of that experience in those early years, Scott? You know. That you uh, that you want to touch on anyway. I mean, obviously, I don't want to take you back to some like dark days that you don't want to go back to. But you know, maybe some things, especially with the theme of the show being perseverance and moving forward, some things that you persevered through to get where you are now. It's funny that you asked, and I was actually thinking about this on the way back. Um, I remember back in the day, I just I have some problem with understanding all these slangs and short term slangs like shotgun when someone's driving you say shotgun you're supposed to sit in the front and i remember i got into the back and said shotgun and just made everybody laugh but i was the only one that's confused <laughs> that's funny yeah it's and it's weird too man especially in the states um and i'm sure that you'll you'll pick up on, on more i'm sure there's a lot you picked up on just even since 2015 but you know, even even different parts of the United States have different slang, you know? I know. Like, I'm from the Midwest, so, like, we have a really nasally accent, and we put, like, Ys before our As. So, like, it's, like, back, add. Like, if you get to the Midwest, it's very, like, ad, it's, like, very almost in, like, the back of the throat kind of. And I, I live in Nashville. Nashville's kind of like, I mean, I haven't been to L.A., but I know there's a lot of people coming here from L.A., but it's, I think it's from what I've heard, it's similar in the sense that you get people from all over the place. You know what I mean? There's people from, you know, because people go to LA to chase their dreams in music or film or, 
you know, um, and, and, and same thing with Nashville, you know, I, like when I came here, I thought it was just country music, but it's everything. It's all music down here, you know? From yeah, I heard Nashville is very, it has very good music scene and it's definitely one of the spots that we want to hit. Oh yeah, you guys would love it here, man. You would love it. And that's what's cool about living here too, man. Like you could go to a hole in the wall bar and see some awesome musicians. You know, um and, you know from even like the cover bands, uh you know, obviously a lot of people think of Nashville, they think of Broadway, but even even when you get off of Broadway and you go into more of the neighborhood bars and stuff and the different areas outside of downtown, you can catch some really good live music. And right. it's cool cuz everybody wants to play Nashville. It's like LA, you know what I mean? It's Whatever band you like, people want to go there and play, you know? Yeah. Like I got a chance to see, um, I got a chance this summer to see Gojira and Deftones, which those were, you know, they're two of my favorite bands, but to see them in one show in Nashville was pretty, pretty awesome. They had been on my bucket list for a while. And I think they were originally supposed to play that show in 2020, but it got pushed back because of the pandemic. And dude, let me tell you, man, that was I love those bands so much. They're two of my favorites. And to see it live, I mean, you know, as a musician, but, you know, as a fan of music too, get to see your favorite bands live. It's like a spiritual experience, you know, and that was amazing, um, yeah. those guys, because they have two different sounds. And I love that when, when you get bands from different ends of the spectrum on one bill like that. I bet it was such a great show. Since you've been in L.A., man, what what are some of the shows that you've gotten a chance to see? I got a scene, I got went to a world tour twice before it became weird like now. Yeah, are they still doing warp tour anymore? Or are they kind of bringing it back cuz it went away for a minute, right? It did. And I think someone is I think Attila France from Attila saying that he wants to bring this back at one point and I don't know, but I was lucky enough to saw it twice, once in 2016, the other once in 2018 with my band. Who, who were some of the artists that really stood out to you as far as like bands that you wanted to see on the bill or bands that surprised you with their, with their stage presence that, that maybe turned you on to them as a fan? Um, I think the band that really turned me on was Chelsea Green, Chelsea Green, and there's another one, it's... um. Wage war. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah those, those guys are those guys are sick, man. They're here in Nashville. Did you listen to the new record? The one that came out, I it was twenty one? I did. Yeah, that, that turned out great, man. That well, one was for you guys with Hollywood Nightmare, dude, uh, like I said, I, I really enjoyed your sound. I went back and listened to Scary AF and, and listened to your new record Inferno, which just came out in September. Off of that one, I would say my favorites are probably Ash, Supernova, Fire. Um, the Rain is obviously a really heartfelt song. And I think that's what's cool about what you guys did with the record, with the ebb and flow of it. You have the heavy hitters like that, um, but then you have a more emotional track like The Rain on there. Um, and just speaking on that one, uh, congrats on the success of the music video, man. I, it came out a couple weeks ago on November 18th. Um, we're recording this in early December and it's already got almost 20,000 views on YouTube. Um, but it was written and dedicated to, to Madison rain. Um, can you talk to the, to people who are unfamiliar just a little bit about the, the meaning and inspiration behind that song? Cause it's a, it's a pretty emotional music video too. Yes. Um, Madison rain is, 
actually our singer Kyle's little sister. Uh, she's suffering from alopecia, and which is a condition that you lose your hair and you slowly going bald, which isn't. I mean, it won't kill you, but it's it's not something that you would want to have in your life. And、uh, she got very depressed, and she tried to take her life because of that. And、uh, yeah, our singer was very heartfelt for that, and、um, he because of that he wrote the song to encourage his sister to keep on living, and also encourage everybody who's suffering and dealing with suicidal thoughts. If you want to look for help. Like we're here supporting you. Yeah, and and I'm I'm sorry that、uh, you know that she's struggling with that, but at the same time, I'm glad that you guys were able to turn it into a positive thing. You know,、uh, make a song about it, a really emotional music video about it. It was it was heavy watching it, man.、Um, in addition to, to to the music being heavy, but I I think it's that's what this podcast is all about, though, is turning negatives into a positive. So I'm I'm glad that you guys have brought exposure. To that, is she is she doing well now? She's doing better, and we're very glad that she's doing fine now. I think, like the girl in the music video, is actually her. I was gonna say that, so that was her that did it. Yes, and that took a lot of courage for her to do, and it was a little bit hard to watch during the time that we were shooting the story scenes, and like. Her brother, her mother was out there to help her out with her. Like, you know, for her, she's I think she's thirteen, and it's such an age that you could go both ways. And we try our best to help her. You know. Yeah, man. Gosh, it's it's tough, man. It's it's heavy. It, it, I can't imagine what that's like. You know, when people get to that that place, I mean, we all have ups and downs.、Um, you know, people struggle with anxiety and depression and things like that. But whenever it gets to a point of of suicidal thoughts, it's you know, it breaks my heart, man. You know, but I'm glad to hear that she's doing better, man. You know,、um, I, I'm sure she loved how the vi- video turned out as well. She loved it. That's great, man. Well, and, and it's like you said. I mean, to have the family there supporting her.、Um, I can't imagine what that was like for you guys, you know, because some of those scenes are pretty tough. And even even when you pull it up on YouTube video, you know, YouTube, there's like a little thing before the beginning, letting people know, kind of, you know, hey, this is this is a pretty serious thing.、Um, but it turned out great, man. I'm glad that you guys were able to to shed some light on that. I'm glad to hear that she's doing better. It's a really powerful song. Definitely. Who did you guys record the album with, Scott? Did you guys did you guys do it yourselves or, or how were you did you work with the same person that you worked with with Scary AF? Um. Yes. The we recorded our instrumental this time on our own, and、um, that went pretty well. But we still needed our producer Eric for vocal recording and mix and mastering. And how long ago did you guys put this together, man? Because it came out in、uh, September, so it's been out a little over what? September, October. I got to do the math in my head. <laughs> About two and a half months, almost three months ago now. But when did you guys record this? Because in in 2020, you guys were playing some shows. I think at the beginning of the year with Escape the Fate, right? 
We and, did. Then, and then the pandemic happened. So were you guys already kind of laying the groundwork for this record at that time? We did. And like, we originally gonna record and release this album back in 2020, the end of 2020 or the beginning of the 2021. But pandemic happened and as the music trend changed, some of our songs that were originally gonna be on the record just got outdated. And yeah, and but I feel like that's the right decision for us to do. Otherwise, you won't hear the rain, you won't hear Supernova. Yeah, I was gonna say. So, what were what were some of the ones uh, that were addition? The the rain, Supernova. Were there were there any other ones that that came that came to be part of the record that that weren't there initially a couple of years ago? Yeah, um, slow motion was not supposed to be in the album either. And we also recorded a bonus track for that song. It's a rock version, and it's out already too. Um, I was gonna say you guys have a couple versions of that, right? Because the one on the album is is a slow motion OG, which is kind of like the more slowed down kind of. Um, I don't know if I, I don't know if like R and B vibe is the right way to describe it, but it's definitely it's a, it's a complete switch up from from the heavier stuff for sure. And yeah. then you guys have the rock version, which is which I really dig as well. Awesome. I'm glad that you like that one. Yeah, man. And Inferno's got kind of like an electronic um kind of kind of like trap vibe to it. In fact, you guys posted a video of somebody isn't somebody like doing like dancing. Uh there was like a TikTok or like a like a reel that somebody put together dancing to it, but even Inferno's got kind of a zi- a different genre mix. What, so was some of that stuff was that some of the newer stuff that came on as far as with like the rise of the pop punk and the trap kind of metal stuff happening. Yes, Inferno was definitely one of those songs as well. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the songs that were originally going to be on that album were probably never heard by anybody ever. Really? Yeah, they're just like very outdated and like, you know, nowadays drop C is like the standard tuning for guitar. You know, so what was so? If you don't mind me asking, um, some of the stuff that's that that's probably going to stay in the Hollywood Nightmare Vault, um, were you what tunings were you playing in, man? Um, mostly in drop A, and there was a song called "In the Beginning." It's in drop B flat, and most of the scary AF album is in drop C and drop A. Okay. We're currently working on something like it's post Inferno and we try to expand our range and the style of music. So like it's weird. It's getting wilder and we're tuning lower and the lower you get the heavier the music sounds. So like that's all I can say for now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure, yeah, because I feel like there's there's definitely a lot of a lot of metal chord stuff in Drop C, um, and I think that's fun to play in though too because you get the you get the low end, but it's not super super low where your strings are like you know getting like like a rubber band, you know what I mean? Like where they're super slinky, you know what I mean? Because like Drop A, I mean you really got to have some thick strings to to handle that kind of you know what I mean to handle that low end. Yeah, seven string. 
For sure. For sure. Well, I love the way that it turned out, Ben. Um, and you guys did some fun music videos too. Um, was it temptation that yeah. one that at the end, you guys kind of had like an outtake, um, with, uh, well, I don't know if I want to give it away, but yeah, people need to watch the music video for that one. And what was, yeah. and what was the inspiration going into that one too, with you guys fighting and stuff? I mean, it just kind of looked like, I mean, that if there was ever like a sex, drugs, rock and roll, you know, kind of moniker, I feel like it would be that, that music video for you guys. You know what I mean? Just like hanging out. It, there's like the funny brawl scene in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, have you ever seen the movie The Dirt? Yes. Yes. About Motley Crue. Very inspired by that, and like I was under influence for of alcohol when the idea strike. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, little buzzed. Yeah, when you were buzzed, the best idea comes to your mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it was it was a, that one's that one's doing well too. I think that one's closing in on uh, like nineteen thousand views. I saw. Um, but I wanted to, since you mentioned the Dirt and Motley Crue, obviously, a lot of lot of history with those guys on the Sunset Strip and the whiskey. Um, what was the first show that that you did at the whiskey, man? And what was that experience like for you, just as somebody coming from a different country, coming here, you know, learning more about the culture, especially being in a city like L.A. where it's a cultural melting pot? I mean, the first time you played the whiskey, take me and the listeners through that experience, man. Oh boy, um, the first time that I played at Whiskey was actually in 2017. It was before Hollywood Nightmare had the permanent lineup. It was just me and our former vocalist, Marcus. And we had two session musicians playing with us. And uh, I mean, we sold out all the tickets that they gave us. And um, even though like, People are just standing around because nobody knows who the fuck these guys are. <laughs> we put on a great show, and in the end of that, I was very excited. Like, knowing the fact that I just played fucking Whiskey Go Go. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure now, for you, man, to see the growth from the first time you played it to now you guys have done several shows there, right, over the years. Um, and you've gotten a chance to play with, uh, was it Jason Richardson? One of the guys you plays with played with um, Attila. Um, also Santa Cruz. We play the show with those guys too. I mean, a lot of like big bands, but they just come to Whiskey or Go Go randomly, and which is pretty funny. And like the promoters will always hook us up because we are in that genre and we're always being hit up by them. They're like, all right, it's Skip the Fade is coming to town. You guys want to play? I'm like, hell yeah, let's go. What? So some of those shows that you've done with other artists like uh, Luke Holland, Jason Richardson, Escape the Fade, Attila, how's it How's it playing with their crowds? Like, did you Have you gotten pretty good responses? We do. And it's always fun to play with the crowd that is into the same kind of music genre because Whiskey Go Go is really weird with like the nights that they do. Sometimes they do new metal night, and it's hard for a metal core band to jump on a new metal night because like I guess the age difference or like the crowd. It's a weird range of the crowd, but if it's for Atello or Escape the Fate, it's easier for us to sell the tickets 
and people are more in the age range of you know 2018 kids okay so you consider yourself you guys consider yourself more in that metalcore vein as far as like the bands and the scene yeah i mean but it's also fun to play with we play with um i say hollywood rose which is a Guns N' Roses tribute band, and every time we play with them, we have a great turnout. Because every band is different on the night, and like everybody is fucking good as fuck. Yeah, yeah, and the whiskey is pretty intimate, right? Like it's only a few thousand people. I, I was looking at some pictures online because I've I've never been out there. It's on on my bucket list of, of places to see a show, but um, it's a pretty intimate venue, right? Like the stage, you're pretty much like almost on top of the crowd. It feels like it's not like a big, huge riser or anything like that. No, it's just you're on top of the crowd and they just watch you down there. But like, if you jump, prepare for breaking your kneecap or something. <laughs> I jumped off once and that really hurt my ankle. So what what's your favorite? And Scott, thanks again so much for the time, man. Especially you know coming right off of getting off work, dude. I really appreciate it. It's been really cool learning about more of of your story and the story of Hollywood Nightmare. And I'm sure the the fans and uh, listeners of this show are gonna enjoy it too, man. But so let me ask you, what's so far? What's been your favorite show with Hollywood Nightmare? And then what's what's your favorite show that you've seen since you've been in the states? that was really inspiring to you where you're like, okay, the stage presence and what they do. I want to try to like, I don't want to like copycat them, but I want to take inspiration from them and bring that energy to a Hollywood nightmare set. Um, the best show that I play was when we play in West Virginia, Meadow in the Morning Festival back in 2021. Um, and that and the- has ended up being the headliner too, right? We accidentally become the headliner because of a storm. They canceled the show right after our set. Oh, okay. So, so how many bands had played to that point? Um, only half of the bill, and the rest of them they uh got canceled. So, but you guys had a good set before before they shut it down. Yeah, and it was the last day of the festival, fortunately. So, like, we saw all the bands that happened three days prior to the storm so but we had a great time and it just sucked that we were the last band and there was supposed to be more badass bands was happening actually happy was actually going to be the headliner of that night and okay. got head pe well i'm glad i'm glad you guys had, had a good show i didn't mean to i didn't mean to cut you off i just i i written that down you know i saw that you guys wrote that you were an accidental headliner so i was like what's the story behind that yeah, that's the story. And then, and then, what was the show? Um, <clears throat> what's been your favorite show since you've come to the states? Like one that really inspired you? I think the one show that really inspired me was a show that I saw back in twenty twenty before the pandemic. I saw Periphery performing at the Wilter. Oh wow, at the Wilter Theater. That had to be sick, man. Yeah, that that was just mind blowing, and Misha was such a monster on guitar. Yeah, because they they have they have three right live in the band. Yeah, yeah but they only had two guitar players that night. Mark was there for some reason. Oh, okay, okay. But they put on a great show. Like 
every song that they play was like from I think they played this like every hit song that you heard about them. Yeah, those guys those guys are all unbelievable musicians, man, and I really think that they have they definitely elevated heavy music. I feel like in, in terms of, like you mentioned early, you know, to tie back to early on gent, you know what I mean? Like they really kind of took it and ran with it. But, but even beyond that, man, like, I don't know, have you ever gone back and listened to um, bulb? A lot I, of the instrumental stuff. Like those are pretty much like how periphery becoming what they are. Yeah. Cause you had, you had a, um, a cover Oh gosh, the name of it is escaping me now. Um, but it was more of that kind of jazzy, kind of bulb type type vibe. I'm trying to remember. Gosh, now I almost want to look it up while we're talking. Um, but yeah, that that kind of vibe. Um, I I really I really dug that. Like I I've discovered the bulb stuff right around the same time I discovered Periphery. You know what I mean? And it's it's very. Um, like floating around the fretboard like that, man. I can't even imagine how much time it takes to practice to to get that that good. <laughs> yeah, I, a lot of hours on the guitar, man. A lot of a lot of bloody fingers, you know, building up those calluses. I bet. I, I bet it's a lot of like a restart and like pulling down your metronome on guitar pros. It's like guitar pro core music. Like you have to write your stuff on a guitar pro before you actually write it. I mean, it works, but I doubt that's the way that Periphery writes their music. Well, before we wrap it up, Scott, and thanks again so much for taking the time, dude. This has been a lot of fun. Everybody, make sure you go check out Hollywood Nightmare. Their new record, Inferno, is out now wherever you get your music. But let's let's geek out real quick um, and, and do some quick hitters. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, um, because I'm always interested in the kind of guitars people play, Um I think PRSs are, are some of the most beautiful instruments. I have a Schecter um, that I really like. That was the first guitar I ever got. And then I got a Schecter, another Schecter C1 body that I like. But there's some cool guitars out there, and you have one of them. And if, in fact, I think you're playing it in the Rain music video where it's like there's no like headstock, right? It's just like the strings just kind of end. Like what, what kind of guitar is that, man? Um, it's a Legator. How long have you had that, dude? That's a pretty cool guitar. Um, I've, I've been having their products since t the pandemic. Um, yeah, I have two Legator headless guitars, but before that I use E2 by ESP guitars. I have two of those still. Yeah, there's a lot of shredders that play ESP for sure. So what drew you to the, to the Ligatura guitar? Just was it the way that it looked? Did you did you have to play it first before before you bought it? Did you did you order it cuz it's a, it's definitely a very unique looking guitar and I feel like I see a lot of like virtuoso type players on those as well. It seem they seem to be drawn to those guitars. What does that feel like compared to your ESP? It's very light and it's very easy to carry around especially when I'm going on tour and have to take the flight sometimes I just have to I can just take that and put it onto a luggage. So with it being light, I'm sure it's it's fun to shred on then, on the neck. If, I mean, in the beginning of that, it took me a while to get used to the fan fret on my seventh string, but it's so comfortable. Yeah. 
Now, as a guy who's a who who's a riff beast in your own right, and I'm not just saying that because uh, you're because you're on the podcast, like because I I really dig on the new one, um, Ash, Supernova, and Fire. Like I love the riffs on those on those uh, on those songs, man. For you, and and I guess maybe this isn't a quick hitter because I didn't give you time to prepare for it beforehand, but. Just off the dome, Scott. What are some of your favorite, some of your favorite riffs? Um, you mean from my record? Yeah, let's do a little bit of both. Some of the ones that you have in your arsenal, but also ones that that you're a fan of. Whether they're ones that you've learned over the years or ones that you want to learn. You know, what are some of those riffs that that give you goosebumps? Okay, um, the riff for my band, I think the riff, the breakdown riff for Ash is one of my favorite. And the haunted is like just a riff salad. Yeah. And uh, I also like fade out. It has a very genty verse. Um, for the music, the riffs that are very on top of my list, outside of Hollywood Nightmare, is probably Marigold by Periphery. Okay. Gosh, they've got so many in their arsenal too, man. And yeah. then, and I like and I like how they they range between um kind of like kind of like what you guys are doing too, you know, mixing it up between lighter stuff and heavier stuff. Um like the track is it is it Loon from Periphery? Um uh, I don't know if, are you familiar with that one? I am. Yeah, like that's 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 such a beautiful piece of music, man, but um um and and I always like to to leave people too with um Anything that you're listening to right now uh, that that you want to pump out there for the listeners? I mean, I know this this podcast is about Hollywood Nightmare, but is there anything that le- that you've been geeking out on lately that whether it's stuff that you think people f- are going to be familiar with or stuff that that might be new to them that that you just want them to check out? Um, obviously check out Hollywood Nightmares Inferno, but also go listen to the new Polyphia album. That one is so beautiful. That's the masterpiece, and uh, I think what they're doing with that album, they put the guitar player onto a new level for the next generation of guitar player to achieve, and shaming a lot of the music that's like quite not to the part, you know, like, it's time for the revolution. <laughs> well, hey, man, you, you'll be inspiring players for the next generation too, man. Well, Scott, this has been a lot of fun, dude. I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're you're two hours uh, behind out there in L.A., so I, I know it was a little bit earlier, but I really appreciate the time, man, and your story's been really inspiring. I think a lot of kids listening to this, you know, um, I, I don't, you know, we all get up in our heads and everybody goes through different things, but it, it takes a lot of guts to come to a new country to learn the language um, and now to be shredding the way that you're doing and and playing the music that you love. I mean, I think I think you're somebody that's really a good example of of what the American dream is, man. You know, for people to chase their dreams and uh, and to come in, in, into the country at a time where five years in you had to experience a global pandemic and everything, too. It's just like it's a crazy time, man. So I, I'm just uh, it's really awesome to hear your story and to hear the music too. I, like I said, uh, it's not just lip service, man. I really enjoyed scary AF and I really think that you guys even took it to another level with Inferno. So I can't wait to hear what you guys have got coming up next. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome, man. 
this has been awesome, Scott. Like I said, I really appreciate you giving me an hour of your time, man. Um, I'm a fan of the band. Hopefully you guys will get a chance to come through Nashville sooner rather than later, but uh, keep chasing your dreams, man. It's really inspiring hearing your story. Definitely. And thank you for having me. Righty dighty, there you have it. That was my conversation with Scott Mick, guitarist of Hollywood Nightmare. Make sure you go follow these dudes on Instagram at Hollywood Nightmare Official. The links to all of their stuff will be in the podcast description for this episode. So just scroll to the bottom of that podcast description, hit those links, and go follow and support the dudes in Hollywood Nightmare. If you are a fan of heavy music like I am, I assure you, you will enjoy these guys. Their latest album, Inferno, like I mentioned at the jump, it is out now. It is available where you get your music top to bottom. It truly is a great listen, and I really just hope that you guys go support these dudes. I can't wait to see what they've got in store for 2023. I just want to say thank you again to Scott. Scott, I truly appreciate you coming on this podcast, especially you know after working all day and giving me an hour of your time when we did the interview that night. It was great to learn about you and your story, to come here from South Korea Make a name for yourself with the guys in Hollywood Nightmare and chase your musical dreams and be living those dreams, man, and and tearing up the L.A. Strip. I I just I can't wait to see what's in store for you guys, man. I think it's just beginning with Hollywood Nightmare, and I truly appreciate you coming by and sharing your story. It truly was inspiring to me, man, to keep doing the stuff that I'm doing in my life. And I think about the, the things that I complain about and the ups and downs, and then I think about you, you know, going to school, learning the English language not really having your support system over here. Everything and everyone you knew was back in South Korea, but you made a name for yourself. You you met friends, you learned the English language, and you're tearing it up on the guitar in Hollywood Nightmare. And I think that that is just an example for everybody listening to this to chase your dreams, to stare down your fears and understand that, you know, that old quote, everything that you want, everything that you love is on the other side of fear. And I just really think that your story, Scott, is truly a testament to what this podcast is all about in terms of perseverance and moving forward and just a a testament to chasing your dreams. It's a lot of hard work. There's a lot of ups and downs involved, but good things come out of it when you just stick with it and don't quit. So thank you so much, my guy. Once again, everybody, at Hollywood Nightmare Official on Instagram, their latest album, Inferno, is out now, available where you get your music. The links will be in the podcast description. And that's a wrap, y'all. I'm going to keep it short and sweet in the close because I ranted a lot in the intro like I normally do. But uh, I just want to say thank you again, genuinely, to everyone who takes the time to listen to this show. <clears throat> I know I say it a lot, but I really mean it. It's not just lip service, man. I, I am truly humbled and appreciative when I when I look at where I started a few years back, the things that I've gone through. And I'm not saying this to, to, to sound like a martyr because there's a lot of people who who have a lot worse things going on and, and have been through a lot worse in their life than me. But, um, you know, coming out of the, the darkness and the challenges that I came out of and having this podcast to be a place where I can connect with people in a positive way has truly been something that I really needed, man. Um, and and this is just the beginning for, for March 4th with Mike Bauman. And I'm just really excited about what's in store for 2023 to continue to build a podcast, to continue to connect with people in a positive way, share these stories of perseverance and moving forward. And I really hope that they do inspire you guys, wherever you are in the world, uh, whatever stage of life you're at, whether you know, you've 
you've had a great year, whether you've had a difficult year, wherever you find yourself right now, I just hope that these conversations are inspiring to you. And I don't mean that in a self-righteous way. I don't mean that in a look at me way. I just genuinely, I do this because I truly love to do it. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm living the theme of this show. And I have been living the theme of this show in the past year and a half plus of my life with the things that I've gone through. And I would not be sitting here right now in the state of mind that I'm in. And I still have my good days and my bad days, man. But I, I truly wouldn't be here without my support system. So for all the people you know, who know me inside and out, and it's a small number of people who have stuck by my side, who have supported me, who have been there through thick and thin, who have spent time with me on the phone, who have hung out with me, you know, my, my, my ride or dies, man, you know, my, my close family and friends, you know who you are. I love you all so, so much. And I just want to let you guys know how much it means to me that you guys have my back, man. And for all of you I don't know who listen to this show, who take the time to like and subscribe, to tell your friends, uh, to leave positive ratings, to share it uh, on socials, all that stuff, man. Like, I, I, I truly, truly appreciate your love and support of the show. It, it really means a lot. And I'm just really excited to see um, things continue to progress in a positive direction. Um, I'm just really grateful. I'm really grateful this, this is the best way I could think to close out the year for 2022 with a show like this, with Scott's story. I'm just really humbled, man. So once again, you can follow me on Instagram at March4thPod, on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman. The host site is March4th.podbean.com. All those links are going to be in the podcast description for this episode. If you did enjoy the show, if you want to take the time, and it doesn't take long to go to either Spotify or Apple, leave a rating. For the show, Apple also lets you leave a a review, a comment. It goes a long way in helping the show rank higher in these algorithms and get these conversations out to more people. And ultimately, that's what I want, y'all. Not for my own shine, but for guys like Scott and Hollywood Nightmare and their music, getting it out to more heavy metal fans and and metalcore fans around the world, man, uh, and heavy music fans in general. So that's what it's all about is just connecting with people in a positive way. And I also want to give a shout-out and say thank you to Johnny Zirkel, he is the one who set up this conversation. He and I got in touch several months back, and he came on the show and shared his story. So if you haven't checked out that episode, check it out. And also go support his band, The Wildfires Project, and his show, Sounds of the Underground. If you haven't watched it, it's awesome. Go check it out. It's on YouTube. It's really cool. He has been a believer and a supporter of this show, and it really means a lot to me that that he continues to get me in touch with with awesome people like Scott and the dudes in Hollywood Nightmare. So, Johnny, thank you so much, my guy. I hope you and yours are doing well, and I, I truly appreciate your support of the show. Excuse me, y'all. I had a little pizza beforehand, and now, of course, I'm burping at the close of this bad boy. But uh, in all seriousness, man, uh, I hope that everybody has a safe and happy new year. I hope you had a wonderful and very Merry Christmas if you celebrate Christmas. And for all of you in general, just happy holidays. Um, life is beautiful, y'all, and it is it is truly what we make it. I have had some dark days. I've had some really positive days over the last year and a half. Um, and I'm just really thankful for each and every one of you, um, for the people in my life who who have stuck by my side and who have, you know, lift lifted me up you know um off the freaking floor man um i've spent a lot of time uh ruminating and thinking and um 
you know, 2023 is going to be a year of execution for me. I'm going to make that my goal to just, you know, write down my goals and really stick to them and continue to build. But um, for all the people who have who have loved and supported me, those of you that know me listen to this, those of you I don't know who listen to this all around the world, thank you so much. I love you all. Keep the faith and be kind to one another. I hope that all of you have a very, very happy new year. And the last song for the last episode of 2022, courtesy of Scott and Hollywood Nightmare, off of their latest album, Inferno, here is In a Beginning. Peace. Uh-huh.